This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. God has been sending words to us, and usually it's um, one topic or another, um, don't know if you remembered some of the themes for the past few months. Um, one of the months, I think it was grace. Another one, it was mercy. And one of the months, it was, uh, anybody remember? Exploits, very good. Any other one? Huh? You've forgotten all, okay. But this month is what? And we also need to just have a better understanding of why the Lord gives us these words. He gives us these words primarily, I believe, so that we can explore fully and understand for now and for future all these major themes from the scriptures. And so it's not just, and also the second part, of course, so that we can experience it during that month. So when we talk of mercy, the topic of mercy did not end um, with um, September, I think. And when we talked of exploits, exploits did not end with October. You agree with me? And so it's just an opportunity for the Lord, given unto us by the Lord to drill deep into these topics and understand them better and then go for the future. So this month we've started out and we've been talking about harvest. And so we're having a deeper and a fuller understanding of harvest. And because it's going to be a lifelong thing for you, you agree with me. Uh, because we're going to keep harvesting, we're going to keep doing more and more exploits for the Lord, going to enjoy mercy more, enjoy grace, and all those things that the Lord has led us to talk about. And so, we will drill a little bit deeper into the topic of harvest today. And uh, our, I think the first thing to even settle is, who's, who's harvest? Another thing to settle is, um, whose field is it? Uh, this harvest we are talking about, is it your harvest? Whose harvest? And so we will look at it from a little bit of a different dimension. Last week we had a teaching uh, to the glory of God on the Lord of the harvest. You remember very clearly? And so we probably advance that a little bit more. And then we see what the Lord will say unto us. Father, we look up unto you that you will speak to our hearts. Beyond the words of man, O oh God, speak to our hearts. And let the words penetrate and have lasting effect, effect and impact in our lives. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. If you may put it up please. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. Shall we read together as we normally do? Want to go please? Okay. Can we take it one more time please? Yes. Yes. It was Paul the Apostle who was talking there. And if you read that passage in context, he was talking about the division and schism that was in the church in Corinth. And so he got to a point, he started to say, for high plants and Apollo watered. He said, but is God who... All right, so when he was continuing discussing, and he then said that plant water, so it is not actually us that is planting or watering, it is we are only working for God and with God. Did you get that now? 
So when he said, for we are God's fellow workers, take it in context. Apostle Paul was saying that he was working for God, and that work that was doing for God was on a particular field. And where is that field? Who are the field? We are. So we are the field. And so the field must yield and harvest. And if you are the field, who owns the harvest? God owns the harvest. And so that should change all the perspective for you. So the pressure is a little bit off you. Hallelujah. And so if you see yourself as tools in the hand of God, and since God never fails, since whatever God sets his hands on to do must prosper, then without any shadow of doubt, I have to prosper. I have to return the rightful harvest unto my maker who owns me. Amen. And so that changes all the dynamics for me. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, he also advances a little bit. He said, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? We always look at it from a different point, but look at the latter part. Whom you have from God. And what? And what? If you are a believer, you don't own yourself. It's about time you throw yourself back onto him and say, you better sort this your thing out. You better fix this thing, God. I've been doing that for some years now. And believe me, it works. Take off the responsibility. Stop taking responsibility for what you are not responsible for. You are not actually, if you belong to Jesus, that does not absorb you of following him. That does not absorb you of listening to him. But at the end of the day, he owns me. At the end of the day, he has to fix me. At the end of the day, he has to sort me out. Unless he will not be worth what he has saying. And I can never charge my master for that one. So whatever is lingering in my body, whatever is lingering in your body, whatever is lingering in your mind, you will go back home today. In fact, before we leave here today, go to tell God, now you need to fix this because it belongs to you. I don't own myself. Hallelujah. Of course, it comes with some degree of responsibility on your part in obeying him and following him. But let that sink in. Tell yourself, I don't own myself. You don't own yourself. And that is why the devil cannot have the title owed to any part of our lives anymore. I don't own myself. He owns me. And that gives me a lot of comfort. So, how does God operate when we talk about this field and the harvest that he expects from his field? And that field is you. Amen. Number one, he expects maximum returns. He expects maximum returns. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 19 to 21, Matthew 21, 19 to 21, he saw a fig tree. And he was using that as an example of us human beings. And he was expecting fruit from that fig tree. And that fig tree was not delivering. Jesus Christ said, I'm not having any of that. I put all that I have to put in you. I always want to return. That's why I cannot fire under fire my cylinders anymore. Because his plan for me and for you is that we shall deliver maximally. He expects maximum returns. He expects maximum return when he made you. He expects maximum returns when he then saved you. He expects maximum results when he called you into the ministry. 
And I can multiply Bible verses for you of how we expect maximum results. And so if I am not delivering maximum results, I need to go back to him and say, Lord, this thing is somehow not working. We need to work on point. Number two, he puts in maximum effort to get the returns he desires. He puts in maximum effort to get the returns he desires. In Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9, Luke 13, verses 6 to 9, God puts in maximum effort. You will live here unburdened today. You will live here casting your burdens upon him for what? He cares for you. You will live here, stop struggling and more resting on him. You live there being genuinely open unto me and say, I don't have faith anymore. Because we are very good at acting in church, aren't we? We're very good at raising hands instead of saying, Lord, I've come to the end of my tethers. I can't handle it. And then he will say, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll get to there. In verse 6 of Luke chapter 13, he spoke this parable, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. We keep going to verse 9, please. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look for three years, look for three years, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none, cut it down, why does it use up the ground? But the owner said to him, Sir, sorry, but the, the tenderer said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. Remembering 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting from verse 6 and verse 9 that we read. They are the tenderers, and you can be a tenderer, you can be the tender. And if it bears fruit well, but if it not, after that, you can cut it down. Now, he does, and the, the master agreed, I said, fine, that's okay. We continue to work upon it, whatever it takes. We will dig around it. We're going to put fertilizer on it. You know what? God is working on every one of us. And I'm going to come to that towards the end, and we're going to look more closely at that, that God is working and working extra time on you. Believe you me, it's working. The problem is not that God is not working. The problem is that we had a wonderful meeting here yesterday, and a lot of contribution came. Everybody was animated. I was. When we came to the conclusion that, do you know what? God speaks more than we, expect, we even know he's speaking. The problem is not God is not speaking. God is not, he's involved. The problem is that, am I open to his involvement? And that's all that it calls for. God is working extra time. In Acts chapter 9, there are two Bible verses, cha- chapters back to back. Awesome Bible chapters. Where God demonstrated how he can work extra time. Acts chapter 9. The whole of the chapter, very interesting story. There was a man called Saul of Tarsus, remember him? A very funny guy. But he never knew that God had been working on him for years. Preparing that harvest ground, preparing him to be a major harvest for him. And himself also to be a co-laborer with him. When he was an unbeliever, God was working. When he was sent into the school to go and learn law and so that he can argue the Bible, which Peter could not do. He did not know God was working. When he suffered some setback, he did not know God was working. And so God has been working in your life. Before I got born again, God has been working in me. Before you got born again, God has been working. Because you are his field. Hallelujah. And so nothing is broken at all. It's a continual thing. Colonius was the one in chapter 10. The same story. It was the field that God was working on. The man was giving arms. 
He was training his family until one day God said, harvest must come. And one day the harvest came. Peter was sent unto him and he brought in the harvest on that day. We all have personal stories of God's dealings with us. Share some of my personal stories with you. They joined into me on my being saved. The kind of group I kept. The kind of impact they had on me. The kind of errors I made. But all was working. The kind of problems I had that eventually boxed me in. And I could just not escape. He was working on the field. The kind of sickness you probably have. It is part of God working on you. Oh, you might not. Don't you know the devil cannot touch you without God's permission? As, as, as outrageous as that may sound. If he does not permit you, nothing can happen. All the setbacks in our lives is part of the work of God. If there's something you must take home today, take that home with you. Hallelujah. God is working. In John chapter 9 verses 1 to 7, an interesting story was there. John chapter 9 verses 1 to 7. Very interesting story. Let's put it on the screen. We can read one or two verses there. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. You remember that story, anyone? Verse 2. And his disciples asked him, say, Rabbi, who sent this man or his parents that he was born blind? Typical question. Lord, why am I in this trouble? Is it my sin or my parents? Lord, why is this my child going through this challenge? What have I done? It's a typical question. Every human being, Lord, is it some of my errors earlier in life? And I'm sure we are quick to talk about reaping what is bad. But I tend to see that God will bend every rule to make sure that he gets the best out of you. I believe that with all my heart. Oh, if not, you won't be sitting down here. Are you sitting down looking sanctimonious as if your past is not mocking enough? If your past is mocking enough, it will have struck you ten times over. So why are you then picking one of them and say, where is the where? You forgave that, you forgave that, but it's just this one that is punishing me for. If it's going to punish you, it's, it's not, it doesn't struggle with mathematics. It knows all the areas could have caught you. What about the ones you got away with? Or why suddenly is he picking that one? It will bend every rule to make sure that you yield fruit for him. Look, one thing that I'm sure of. You know one of the reasons I believe I will get to heaven? And I'm not being arrogant. God has invested too much in me. He ain't going to lose another one. No, he's not going to lose it. You know why I know you're going to get to heaven? He's invested too much in you. Part of the investment where men and women of God have fasted and prayed for me. It's not going to get their labor waste in vain. But what about the blood of Jesus? You, you think he will just leave that to waste? Oh, I think, you think I'm preaching you age? Check your scripture very well. He said, the day that the Father has given unto me, John chapter 10 verse 27, what will happen? No one can take them out of my hand. Even sometimes when you struggle to wriggle out of his hand, he will make sure he keeps you there. Now, please stop running devil's agenda, wrong God's agenda. Believe you me, whatever deep you are in today, you are coming out tomorrow. The problem is that you've come out of many before, haven't you? And so what's your problem? You've come out of many before. To now say, Lord, oh, it's because of this, it's because of this. Well, if he's going to punish you, he knows how to punish you very well. This half-hearted punishment you are getting. God doesn't do half after that. You know, that's why he prepares hell. Hell is a very good place to punish people. 
He said, the worms there will never die. He says, a place of pitch darkness. Can you imagine that combination? And it's hot at the same time. Have you seen a place that is hot and dark? You think God doesn't know how to punish? You think what you are going through is punishment? Wait for proper punishment. <laughs> what you are going... <laughs> you underestimate God. And do you believe that God does not know how to make a person enjoy pleasure? Oh, get to heaven, you will know. It's a place in which there will be no source of light and the place will be bright. You keep wanting, you look around, where is the sun? No sun. You look around, where is the air conditioner? No air conditioner. Everything is temperature controlled. And in that place, there's a river that will flow through the midst of it. And he said, that river, on either side of it, there will be trees that are grown. And I know the trees on earth, they have seasons of growing fruit or not, don't they? But in heaven, he said, these trees, they bear fruit all the time. And when you eat it, it's for the healing of nations. Don't chip on what God can do. And so these people, in verse 2, they were asking, who has sinned? So Jesus Christ was saying, look, forget about it. And his disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Did you get that point right now? What did Jesus say? That's it. Take your eyes away. What did he say? Jesus answered, neither, nor, but that God can get a harvest from it. That God can reap a harvest from it. It's painful what you are going through, but God wants to get a harvest from it. I cooperate with him. You will get it. I have so many stories before. God got his harvest from them. Those who have gone very far away, God restored them. Those who are lame and blind, God brought them back into the place he wanted them to be. That is the way he operates. Can multiple examples for you? Let's just take one more. John chapter 11. Just take one more. Let's start from verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will return harvest. You will return. You will return. Your eyes filled. It's working on you. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. That's not what they were asking, Lord, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Verse 5, we are going. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And verse 6, please, maybe. Verse 6, quickly. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in that place where he was. Same question you were asking. When you prayed unto him about that situation, Jesus delayed a few more periods of time. And that delay that we may be in or that we've been through before, it seems as if it negates now Jesus loved him. Delay might not 
mean denier of love. <laughs> Thank God pregnancies are delayed for nine months before children are born. And few things in life are like that. Please, I plead with you in the name that's above all names. One of the greatest challenges of human beings is what? Patience. And I make no, I do not make light. Any length of time anyone has waited. We are all waiting for one thing or another. But please remember, sometimes so that the harvest could be ripe and be bigger than you can imagine, it may delay it. I don't know why. But that's his way. Of course, you know the rest of the story. Even when they were ready to reap the harvest, they were complaining in verse 21. He said, Lord, if you have come, will this man will not have died? Jesus Christ just ignored them and did it. And even when you ask your own harvest is here right now, maybe you are saying in your heart, Lord, the thing has been too late. In spite of all your protestations and all your complaining, he will still do it anyway. <laughs> oh, he will still meet you. Because it's his field. You belong to him. And he gets no pleasure in not getting what he wanted you to have. Hallelujah. Let me leave that. I could have talked about John chapter 4. A woman that he spent so much time upon. Just, you know, making sure that she, she got saved. You know, another interesting story over there. This was a woman that Jesus Christ probed with prophetic utterance. And said, go and bring your husband. You remember? And what did the woman say? He said, she said what? I have no husband. And the Lord Jesus Christ said what? Oh, in that you have spoken well. Because you have had, believe you me, five wives are even many. And I'm not being my guidance now, you know. But five husbands is many. I mean, five. It's not few. And it's even the sixth one. We are only doing trial. And Jesus brushed all that aside. Because he saw a harvest there. He saw more than the woman was seeing. He saw that, hey, good. It's the ground that has been messed around with. But let's see what we can do with this ground. And suddenly, he turned it around. And so I still stand on that word of the living God. You are God's field. Are you hearing me? And that's, that's the call. You are God's field. Mark 5, 1 to 20. A man that was heavily demonized. And suddenly Jesus came to him one day, turned the story around. All right, let's move on. First, we said God expects maximum returns from his field. You heard that? Number two, we said God will do everything. We put maximum efforts to get something out of his field. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, relax. You belong to God. I doubt if you got anybody to relax. I will ask the Holy Spirit to please help now. And get you to relax. Everybody relax, you belong to God. If you are born again, you belong to God. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Please, you belong to someone. Don't let somebody else claim you. Why is it so hard to believe that God owns you? When I live, if I live, I die, I belong to him. And I will live and not die that I can declare the glory of the Lord. 
And I stand to proclaim his glory. He said, I'm special. I'm a new generation. He said, for you. Oh, yeah, pour it out. You got it. Come on, give me the scriptures. Huh? Fearfully made and wonderfully made. You are a royal priesthood. A peculiar people. Called out that you may show forth his praise. We walk too much like this in the church. And when we walk like this, we are pretending. The Lord wants us to sink in. Stop pretending. If you are walking like this, when you are going home, just walk like that. So that I can pull you back. And we can get you sorted and you can stand like this. May the Lord strengthen us in the inner man. That we stop looking down. Number three. He is patient with his planting. And I will need to move quickly now. Is what? Is what? James chapter 5 verse 7. And that was the area I was going to talk about patience. It's another big topic for me. James chapter 5 verse 7, please. Therefore, be patient, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer, ordinary farmer, waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting for it until... Is to receive the early and latter rain. God does not need to hurry. He's always in charge. It's weird that we don't have control, that we always run. Some of you may not have met that story I used to tell you before. And that has impacted me, and that makes me never, ever to fear any circumstance, as best as human beings may not fear. I used to talk about when Dami was younger, we used to play arm wrestling. Five-year-old, the young boy probably has forgotten by then. And then he will put it. I loves that. He loves it. He will put his arm on the table. I will put him on the table. And then he will press and press. And then I will start putting more resistance. He will stand up and press and press and press. Then when I must got that, I just did that. Now, when the enemy is pressing on you, God is constantly in control. It may look like a losing battle. He knows when to flip it back. It's we that we're afraid. He has never lost a battle. That's what he showed in John chapter 11. Oh, if you have come earlier, that is human. The dead of one minute and the dead of four days is the same thing to Jesus. The case that should have been solved one year ago and the one that is being solved five years from now is the same thing to him. Amen to that one. He has the capacity to be patient. That's why they say patience is the priest, is the best of all characters. No matter how good nature a person is, eventually what breaks in us is our patience. Say, I've been tolerating you, I've been tolerating you. Then one day you just say, I've run out of patience. But God never runs out because he's in control. So it's not run out of the situation we may be in. It's not run out of the situation in this city. To us, Brexit is all over the place. To God, is in control. To us, nations are having elections next year. You don't know who's going to come in. All of them are essentially the same. They all just be a different, they are just different plots. They are all the same. We don't have choices in this world as we think we do. I've mentioned that to you many times. I told you last week, all your energy suppliers, there are only, is only one. All your broadband supplier is only one person behind it. They are only collecting money from you from different angles. We don't have choices. 
But thank God we have God. You don't have. So if you keep thinking and wasting your time talking politics or whatever, somebody is feeding fat on you. Just look up to Jesus and say, Lord, no matter how horrible the system is, let me be able to fulfill my own function. Let me be who you called me to be. Let my life not be wasted in talking. When I was growing up, oh, I don't know. Okay, let me tell you this. Have I got time? I came from a very political family. And our front yard like this. That's why I used to argue till around 2 a.m. drinking coffee. <laughs> my fr- our front yard like this. Politicians of all colony in those days, they call one action group in Nigeria. They call another one NCNC. Our front yard is a, is a place where they argue. So I learned, they will argue, argue. But when I look at their life, these people are, they are suffering. But they will come up with all sorts of conspiracy theories. And even as a young child, I just started believing. What are they talking about? Their lives were not better. And so when they finished talking and fought each other or whatever, the politicians, they still came. Whichever one came into power, they still essentially cheated everybody. And they ran away with it. But as I was growing up, I knew that in Christ Jesus, that is the only other party. And if you are in his party, you can be assured that irrespective of those that are in power, he will make a way for you. It's very possible. Now, am, I, am I writing our political system off to a degree? But I'm still not writing them off. Because God can still raise godly people. And some might even come from amongst you who will be examples in politics. Who will be able to carry the banner. But remember that you're on God's side. Hallelujah. And so the part of the patience that God has is that he's in control. Amen. Finally, number four, before I go to the last part, and then we just say short, simple prayer, and then we give thanks unto the Lord. What are we talking about today? Who owns the, whose field is it? Whose service is it? Have you got the answer to the question? Whose field is it? Whose harvest is it? And who is the field? And the harvest? All the blessings and the things that come out of your life. The harvest is your salvation. The harvest is your finance. The harvest is your well-being. The harvest is your marriage. The harvest are the children God gives unto you. All those things are the things that are coming out of you. But you are the field. And out of you, those things will come. And number four, he flaunts his harvest. God is not in the business of hiding. You know, that was a very funny part of scripture. I think it was Mark chapter 1. When Jesus, the first miracle he did in Mark, you know, he healed the lepers and then warned the lepers, don't tell anybody. The Bible said, and the lepers went everywhere and spoke about it. And he said, the more he told them not to speak about it, the more they publicized. Did he call them back and punish them? Some blessings cannot be healed. All Jesus was saying, I'm not doing it for you so that you can go and tell but automatically it must be flaunted. Mark chapter 5, verse 19. He flaunts it. Now, you know where I'm going with that? All that God wants to do in your life, he wants to flaunt it. He needs to make a statement. It has to be written, there was one young man that could not rub two fathers fathers together, and now God has blessed him abundantly. It has to be said, there's one, you know, lady who trusted the Lord for so long for X, Y, Z, and see what God has done with her. 
That is what he flaunts it. In verse 19, what did he say? However, Jesus did not permit him to follow him, but said unto him, do what? Go home to your... And uh, what great things the Lord... And how... Go and flaunt it. That's why testimonies are good. Men, I'm expecting you next week. Testimonies are good. We must flaunt it. The world must know. Now, finally, before we close, having said all that I've said, some of you are expecting, but all well said, Pastor, we started by saying that God expects maximum return from his field, isn't it? And he will work maximally to get that result, isn't it? And of course, he will wait patiently for it until he gets it done, amen? You just need to be patient with him, amen? And finally, he will do what? He will... But the field is dealing with is peculiar. What is the peculiarity of the field? He has his own mind. It's a very strange field. Has his own mind. As you are cutting it in one hand, he's closing himself up. As you are putting a seed in it, he's spitting the seed out. And that's the kind of field that he has to work with. And yet, he's doing all that he wants to do. But he decided to make the field in such a peculiar manner that he has his own mind. And so field is talking to you today. What do you need to do? Number one, you must be open. You must be open to receive the word. Because in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 says that he may sanctify it with the washing of water by the word. The word is water. Brethren, hardship of life can harden a person like a ground. It is true. Whether we like it or not. And you need to be aware. Especially the longer a person has experienced hardship, the more likely it is for the person to be hardened. You hear someone that say, what are they saying again? So they said last year. Hardship can harden. If you have been in arid areas of the world, you will know that during the dry season, the ground gets baked. You are aware of that. And no matter the amount of water that falls upon it, it washes away. If you've been in the Middle East area, that's what gives them the yardies. Or the wadis, rather. Some of them call it yardies, you know, by the Arabic pronunciation. Wadis are when the rain falls, the, 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 the incessant rains that they have over there, the water will not go in. You expect that because it's dry, it will, no, it will grow in. It will just wash as if it's on the concrete. And then before you then wash a valid, and if you don't wash it, you just find that it's not rained for three weeks. And then suddenly there was a rain everywhere exploded. Because the ground cannot take it. Do you know some of this word we are hearing may not be entering some places? Because it has hardened over time. And that's why in Hosea chapter 10 verse 12, he say, break up your fallow ground. Break up your hardened ground. May God break our hardness. May we allow him to break the hardness. Brethren, it's easy to be hardened. To be hardened against a spouse. To be hardened against a parent. That we lose all feelings for them. To be hardened against neighbors and brethren in church. To take it upon them. There are some people they can't, they can't, they don't want to want to listen to a preacher. You know why? A preacher has hurt them before. 
There are some who do not want even to listen to people from a particular ethnic group or for a particular race because somebody has heard them. They've been hiding. Let the ground be broken today. But also pain. That is the, that is the, um, what do you call it now? That is the irony. Pain can also open a person up. Check Nebuchadnezzar. He was very arrogant. Everything was going well for him. So where I'm going with this is that the master and the owner of the field is working. Please, feel cooperate with him. It's not a mistake. I was going to say he made a mistake by giving you your own mind. I wish he didn't. But it's sweeter when we cooperate willingly. Nebuchadnezzar was hardened. Point one, threw them in the fire. Point two, decided to raise up an image. All sorts of evil things the man was doing. Or God said that I will break you because there's a harvest in this man. And eventually was able to break him. And in Daniel chapter 4 verse 34, the harvest came out of him. Whether you are hardened or whatever, my brother, my sister, God has got to the point in which he will manipulate the situation for your advantage and you will still bring out harvest. Some people are hardened. They, they just don't want to. Please put Daniel chapter 4 verse 34 on the screen for me. And see the harvest that came out of this man. I need to close at this stage. God, a lot of things that we need to take care of if we're going to cooperate with God. And at the end of time, that is, at the end of the seven years that Nebuchadnezzar was made to be like an animal, he said, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. Somebody's understanding will return to him today. And I bless the Most High and praise and honor him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Even prophets of old could not have said it better. Oh, that was serious preaching, man. He called him the Most High, El Olam. He said he praised and honored him. He said he lives forever, the eternal one. What, what would Daniel have written himself? What brought it pain? So what I'm telling you, in spite of all the pains the person may have gone through, God can still bring a harvest out of it. That's what happened to Ahab. After all the messing around, God squeezed him and I say, Ahab, I'm going to punish you like I never punished you before. Even Zedekiah, Zedekiah, the one, Zedekiah, the one that was carried into exile, the last king of Judah that was carried into exile, when he was squeezed hard himself, he changed his mind. Pain can make a person to change their mind. Therefore, pain is not always an enemy. It could be a friend. Pain can be. In actual fact, if we don't have pain, we would have long been dead before we know it. Imagine if there's no pain. Something has caught a person and is bleeding. Imagine there's no pain. There's something eating the person away right on the inside. Imagine there's no pain. There's a bad infection in the body. And there's nothing telling you there's anything. That pain is our friend. It's part of what the farmer uses. Cut the ground. Are you going through something? The owner of the field will get something good out of it. It's not a matter you like it or not. Just believe it's going to get something good. And he will get it. In the name of Jesus. What shall be our prayer? I've got more. You can talk about one other one, please. I just put that one in for you. When you're going to get a good field, a ground to yield very well, what do you pour upon it? Eh? Water, good. Water is important. Eh? Manure. What is manure in another word? I think you come up with something more. Dung. That's good, man. Your thesaurus is very good. Dung. 
dung. Any field that we yield was prepared to have a few dung placed upon it. Many of us, we are too, and I've warned people before, so especially people are going on about, you know, trying to make profit out of one's own painful situation. Leave them. It might be part of the arrangement of the owner of the field to see that some dunks were splashed upon him. That's what we make the harvest to come quickly. Many a times, those things are arranged. They purposely rip you on the side. They know where it hurts you. They purposely put a knife in. And then you want to fight. But don't fight back. Calm down. It's dung they are putting on you. It's fertilizer. The harvest will come quickly. Don't, don't worry. They may be using innuendos. They may be using side talk as if, oh, you can't get it. You got it. You got it. You know what they were talking about. But you know it's a manor. And whether they like it or not, this thing is going to grow quicker. This service is going to come quicker. And the word that I was talking to you about, today we won't pray much. I just want the word to sink in. Is the word sinking into you? Are you sure? And the gladness is my heart because the word itself is powerful on its own. Even as you are walking home, you can pray. Things will happen. Gladys, my heart, when I get some of the feedbacks I get in the room with the power of the world. One of our brothers, you know, was talking one time, testifying about some particular direction God is taking him, you know, concerning political involvement. And all that. He said, what we had in this place moved us. That glad in my heart. Another one was sharing yesterday. Remember, study we did two years ago. He said, when we did that study two years ago, we were saying that God speaks a lot. That glad, and I, I can multiply examples in this room. The word is powerful. And it's not the word you only hear, the word that works in you. What word is running your life? I don't have many running my life, you know. Just a few. One of them that is running my life is that humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may. Another one that runs my life is that. If the Lord beats not the house, the watchmen, the labor but in vain. And that's why I don't defend myself. Because some of you, you are very good at defending yourself. You know you are cleverer. You can argue cases. Where do I start? But if you put yourself in the hand of God, hold on to some scriptures. Another one testified today. Somebody testified today. Who's was it a sister, another sister Glory, that stood, held on to one word of God? The word will work for you. Do you know the prayer you will pray? What should be your prayer? Let your word work for me. Good, yes. What should be your prayer again? That's a good one. What should be your prayer? Let me to cooperate with you. Uh-huh. I'm sure many people, don't be shy. Come on, just speak where you are. I can hear you. God give me a word. Oh, okay. So the word seems to be working. Hallelujah. So it's more around the word. Any more? Break the fallow ground. Okay. This is the feedback of what you're taking on. Yes, ma'am. Help me to be patient with you. I was tempted God stopped me on that topic of patience. I was going to preach on patience, actually. 
The Lord said, you will divert them. We'll come back to it. I was going to, it's, you know why I'm going to preach on patience? It's my weakness. Any preaching that people do to you and they've not experienced it, it won't impact them. One of these, they might even be as quick as this Wednesday. Lord, let me be patient. We are not patient with God. I want to be patient. I mean, if not that God had his way, nobody could keep me in my bed to rest. But God said, whether you like it or not. Patience. What shall be our prayer? I want to suggest one to us. It's going to be declarative. Are you ready? Jump on your feet. And let's, we just just declare that. Are you taking something home this afternoon? Who are you? Ah, only three people. Who are you? And what is God going to get from that field? Small harvest. Uh-huh. Remember, he doesn't do all this half measure. And one of the things I told you is that God is punishing me. He punishes better than that. God is blessing me. He blesses better than that. So if he's going to do harvest, he does real good. You're going to yield good harvest. Oh, I said you're going to yield good harvest. I believe with all my heart we yield good harvest. No more hardness in our hearts in the name of Jesus. All those that felt that when they prophesied, the lifetime I believed, nothing happened. No, 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 no. In spite of your own belief. That man said, said, do you believe that can do it? What did the man say? He said, Lord, I believe, but it will help your belief today. He knows you. He he carried flesh like we did. He had moments of, look, this is too much for me. Did Jesus have that moment? Had it in Gethsemane? He said, it's too hard. Not serving a God who is distant. He feels what I feel. He knows what it means to be human. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Are you ready to pray? Your prayer shall be declarative. Hallelujah. Have I got his ideas? Okay. Ah, it's going to be simple prayer. We will say it three times. I don't know why the Lord asked me to say times three here. So that will be it. I first read through and then you say after me, I'm God's field. Okay. I said, I will first say it. And the uh, <laughs> uh, field with his own mind. <laughs> I'm God's field. <laughs> I will first say it, and you will repeat after me. I'm God's field. Some of you are really struggling. <laughs> and, and I will yield maximum harvest for my Lord. I'm God's field, and I will yield maximum harvest for my God. Is that clear? So, you can repeat after me when I say, I'm God's, have, I'm God's field and I will yield maximum harvest for my God. I'm God's field and I will yield maximum harvest for my Lord. Number three, I'm God's field and I will yield maximum harvest for my master. 
Lift up your voices, turn that to your prayer. Declare it, declare it. That's the only prayer we are praying. Uh, it's laid on my heart that we should just minister on for some particular areas because the bountiful harvest of the Lord is coming out of that as well. Declare it over yourself, declare it boldly, declare it confidently. I'm God's filled and I will yield maximum harvest for my Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I am God's field. I am God's field. And I will yield maximum harvest for my Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. You have a new, I'd like to believe, at least a modified view of what this harvesting is all about. You agree with me? You now know the harvest are all those blessings that God wants to bring out of you so that you can flaunt it. You agree with me? So your marriage, your health, your finance, above all your spiritual life. You agree with me? And so we will pray into that right now. And you will name specifically the harvest that will come out of you. Because you are filled. Amen. Marital blessing, children blessing, dream wealth. Your children dream wealth. All those marvelous things the Lord has promised. So we're going to stand and declare that with all confidence. And then after that, I will pray. And I believe harvest shall be coming in beginning from this afternoon. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I know I am your field. And you are expecting harvest from me. Let the harvest of marital blessing, financial blessing, Emotional blessing, health blessing, children blessing. Let them multiply through me in the name of Jesus. Come and lift up your voice and pray. Let's just pray like one right now. I know we can pray silently, but sometimes it's important that we verbalize our prayer and we speak it with confidence and boldness so that everything that we want to speak to our ear cannot penetrate. Hear your own voice. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. Because I know God has proposed in his heart that we shall bring forth bountiful harvest. And that harvest begins now, 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 this afternoon. Am I God's field? I'm God's field. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 says, you are God's field. It's you that you are is filled. You are God's field. And out of us shall proceed maximum harvest in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And I declare and declare over each and every one of us, our harvest shall bring glory unto our God in the name of the Lord Jesus. People will see mighty turnaround. They will be astonished. They will be awestricken. They will say, we've never seen it like this before. And you will be a recipient of such in the name of the Lord Jesus. You have waited long enough. And it's time for it to happen. It has been delayed long enough and it's time for the Lord to flaunt this harvest that is coming out of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's going to be big. Prophetically, I believe the Lord did something this week. One of our brethren sent a sack of potato to me and I called him. I said, is this the way your allotment Use potato. He said, No, he said, This is the first year ever 
And it's this month, the Lord just brought that back to my heart now. And this is the month of harvest. I mean, they were humongous. If you eat jacket potato, it will be enough for two people. Each potato were almost, yeah, almost like this, each one. I mean, I bought potatoes at uh, Tesco's before. If you have a good one, it's like this. This one, each one is like this. Huge thing. The Lord is saying that that's the kind of harvest that is coming. A big one that we arrest the attention of people. I said, what did you do differently? He said, nothing, pastor. It's just the season. It's just something new that God wants to do. And so it's going to be that the harvest that is coming will be astonishing and astounding. And your field, my field, I pray for myself. (laughs) And our field, we yield it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uncommon type of deliverance. Uncommon type, especially those of you that are in bad debt. You are up to your neck in debt. Yes, you've made errors and mistakes, but the Lord will sweep it away. And you will stand here and testify. Years of empty labor, they are coming to an end in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Father, by your spirit and power, move in this sanctuary. Heal the sick. Deliver the bound. Every long-term illness, lift your hand right now. You stand in God for someone or for yourself. Just lift your hand right now. Might be something small, might be like a little swelling that's been on your body for years. God is interested in every part of his field. Right now, in the name that's above all names, the Lord our healer, let all these hands be specially anointed. And as we lay our hands on ourselves, oh God, either on the head or on any part of our body, let the healing virtue flow. Master of the field, Lord of the harvest. Let healing virtue flow through this room right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come and lay your hand anywhere it is right now because the healing virtue of the Lord is flowing. If you are standing in God for somebody, whichever part of their body needs that healing. There are some people with backache here right now. The Lord is speaking concerning you. Lay your hand on your back now, now, now. As much as you can manage it. And healing is flowing through it now in the name of Jesus. And it's not coming back again in the name of the Lord. Receive it now. Receive it in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In your name we proceed, O God. Every work you have started, let them be completely and permanently finished in the name of the Lord Jesus. Break the yoke of sin. Break the bound of hell. Set your people free. These fields are fertile fields for you, O God. And we shall bring bountiful harvest. I pray one more time in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we shall sing praises to you forever. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.